Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Grace, peace, and joy be unto you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. We can't read our gospel text for this morning without thinking about the first sermon that I ever preached. It was on Matthew's version of this text. I had just started seminary. I was taking summer Greek. I hadn't even had a theology class yet, and certainly not a preaching class. But somehow, by virtue of the fact that I was in seminary, I was deemed worthy of the preaching task. It was a small congregation on the south side of Columbus where they just had one service. I guess the pastor was out of town for the 4th of July weekend, so I originally was there to be simply talking about outdoor ministry in Ohio, but turned into a preaching assignment. I wish I still had a copy of that manuscript of that sermon. I know that I worked on it very hard beforehand. I remember the process was much more like writing a term paper than a sermon, but at the time I had written a lot more term papers and sermons, so that was probably the best I could muster. I don't remember exactly what I said that day. I do remember, I think I ran it by my dad ahead of time. It might be the last time I ran a sermon by my father ahead of time. But what stuck with me about that sermon and that text that day and that I was wrestling with was the image of being sent and that image of shaking the dust off of your shoes as you go. There's a version of this text in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Shaking the dust off your feet was a common symbol of the times. You also hear about it in the book of Acts. Not just about the potential for shaking the dust off there, but you actually about hear about it happening as the apostles come to those that will reject their words. And this is part of what makes this Markan version of the text so interesting because it clearly connects to the first half of the story as well where Jesus receives less than a warm welcome in his hometown. You notice they refer to him there as the son of Mary, not as son of Joseph. Clearly, this is a snub, an allusion to his illegitimacy as a child and his lack of authority. And likewise, for the apostles in the book of Acts, they run into snags there as well. We read in the 18th chapter of Acts, when Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with proclaiming the word, testifying, testifying to the Jews that the Messiah was Jesus when they opposed and reviled him. And in protest, Paul shook the dust from his clothes and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go on to the Gentiles. This was an interesting text to have for this first preaching assignment because I undoubtedly had a different understanding then of the situations in ministry to which I would eventually need to potentially shake that dust off of my shoes. As a 22-year-old seminarian, I had significant trepidation about what one would face when sent out by Jesus, what kind of criticism I would have to endure, what kind of obstacles I would face 
who I would eventually have to leave behind. Well, now, with more years in ministry under my belt than I had been alive at that point, my perspective has changed a bit. I certainly have some of the scars from 24 years of criticism and challenges in ministry. I certainly have known obstacles and feelings of futility in ministry along the way. But while those are real, what is more enduring is the empowerment of sending in the community. The celebration of the victories of others from the ministry frontier. The camaraderie found in being a community on mission together. As we come together on this 4th of July, we're reminded of the two-edged nature of the sword that is our independence. Liberty and independence, as originally formulated in the Revolution, were more communal in nature, but now most often we frame them primarily as individuals. We've made personal independence a primary marker of our American religion. We've even conflated this focus on the individual with our Christianity. Christianity, however, is always first and foremost about the collective. Our individual selves are understood as being important but reliant upon the collective for our fulfillment, for our full identity. We are made whole in community. And this text for today is such a great reminder of why this is. When we go out onto the frontier with just sandals on our feet, it's hard. It's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to turn back. But we have a community surrounding us. And when we have that community surrounding us, encouraging us, we can continue to move forward even in the face of discouragement. As We continue to dream dreams here at Prince of Peace about our future. Something we had been exploring went away last week, and we were talking about this after we had uh, come to that decision, just wasn't the right thing right now. And as we came to that conclusion, one of our leaders looked at me and said that she hoped I wouldn't be too sad about that door closing. I told her I would be fine, and the reason I'm fine is that it's just one way to pursue our collective vision. As a congregation, we're still excited about our vision. Our leaders are excited about trying new things to grow our impact in the world as we live and love like Jesus together. It will be okay. It will be okay because even as I wipe the dust from my feet from that one opportunity, As a whole community, we go forward into the next possibility because a house united can overcome discouragement. Again, on this 4th of July Sunday, I think this is such an important reminder for us. Granted, it's hard enough to be united as a congregation, let alone as a nation. We know that there are so many things that we disagree upon as citizens, but at the end of the day, there are still so many things that we agree upon. And if we can remain united in these greater ideals like liberty and equality and justice for all, we can have honest, constructive conversations about how we continue to grow and strengthen this grand experiment in democracy that we call the United States of America. 
There are always those that want to sow seeds of division no matter what. But when we are steadfast in our unity, we can shake off the dust, walk on together, seeking a more perfect union for all people. And as followers of Jesus, our faith always informs the kind of self-sacrificing model of what we think good community looks like and how we pursue it. As I said a few years ago on this weekend, we don't have a flag in our sanctuary because we don't want to mix up our faith with nationalism. That's a dangerous game. But we, what we do here in following Jesus, what we do here in hearing the call of Jesus to go out into the world with grace and healing on our lips, with a call to repentance for the selfish and rebellious ways of this world, what we do here in gathering around a table where all are welcomed, loved, and respected, what we do here guides and informs what we do when we leave. It guides and informs what it means to be a good citizen of this great nation that's now entrusted to us, which is why we do have an American flag out at our front door, because it's part of our sending. We're sent out to be good Christians, which also means being good citizens that seek peace and justice, truth and generosity, signs of God's love and grace manifest in our world. As we remember and give thanks this weekend for the sacrifices of those that have gone before us, we turn to see our own need for sacrifice, for selfless living. We turn to see our own need to call others to walk with us in a new direction. The modern prophet and theologian Stanley Hauervoss once said that he doesn't agree with the conventional wisdom that says the world changed on September 11th said, no, the world changed in 33 A.D. The question is how to narrate what happened on September 11th in light of what happened in 33 A.D. <clears throat> this is our, <coughs> excuse me, this is our truth as Christians. Returning to our gospel lesson for today, we are not the hometown crowd in Mark's story. We are the disciples sent out into the world. We believe in the power of Jesus to transform lives in the world because the time is fulfilled in Jesus and that the kingdom of God has come near in him. We are joining Jesus in the restoration of the world, and as we seek this restoration of the world, we seek to ensure that our nation is a part of the restoration. Thomas Jefferson says in the Declaration of Independence, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights. Among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. May God continue to bless us as a congregation in our mission. And may God help us to see how this mission leads us to being a unifying force and caring for our community and for our nation so that these gifts are secure for generations to come. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.